Every month, we offer exciting new webinars for our community. Topics include how to use retirement accounts to buy real estate overseas, how to get a second passport in Latin America, why you should sell your stock portfolio and move your money offshore, how to buy beachfront rental properties in Brazil for less than $100,000, or apartments in Paraguay for less than $60,000. If you want to join us for free for these presentations with live Q&A, insider secrets, and exclusive opportunities with my professional network of experts, then go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for free upcoming presentations. expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. We all dream of seeing the world, but the realities of living somewhere outside your place of birth can be daunting to say the least. Welcome to the Expat Money Show, helping you make the most out of your overseas career through conversations with successful expats on investing, entrepreneurship, self-improvement, and continual education, all while sharpening your financial acumen. Now, please welcome your host with over 20 years of overseas experience, Mikkel Thorup. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Mikkel Thorpe. This is the Expat Money Show. And today we are going to do something a little bit different. So we have gone back through 2021. We're at the end of the year right now. We've gone back through 2021 and we have picked out some of the best clips from the year and specifically on a topic. The topic today is why go remote and how to get started. I think this is a really important topic and I think one that you guys are really going to resonate with. We had some amazing guests this year to talk about these exact same things. So we went through, we picked out the best clips from each episode and we're going to kind of mash them all together and tell a story here. So I hope that you guys really enjoy it. Before we get started, I just want to bring up a couple of things, some housekeeping, you know how it is. I want you guys to make sure that you guys are subscribed to my daily newsletter. We've gone back daily a few months ago and it's been really good. I am documenting a lot of what I'm doing with traveling around the world. We've been traveling like crazy this year, even in the time of COVID. There's so many different projects on the go. There's so many different things, meetups and gatherings and conferences and the new school. All of these things are all being talked about in the newsletter. So make sure you guys subscribe. And to do that, you just need to go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash protection, forward slash protection. I have a special PDF report that I've I've prepared for you. So you guys can download that for free and it's going to get you on our newsletter. Very, very, very important. So that's the main thing that we have going on right now. I really want to make sure that you subscribe to the newsletter at expatmoneyshow.com forward slash protection. From there, you will hear more about our brand new school, our Facebook group, our meetups, all of this kind of stuff. Okay, enough of that. Let's jump in to this episode. So why go remote and how to get started? We're going to start with Nimrod Dean Kuchel on episode 138, and he is going to discuss how COVID showed everyone that remote work is possible. And I think that what we're seeing is so many jobs that have gone remote where people never thought it was possible for this job to go remote. And now it's just like opens up so much opportunities. And people who were like, oh, I want to live overseas, I want to travel, but I've got this anchor, my job, which is holding me back. Now with this like digital nomad on steroids, as you described it, and I completely agree with you, 10, 15 years just condensed into several months of people going remote and pushing the technology forward has done so much for our type of lifestyle. It's just unbelievable. 
just like you, I talk to, to a lot of families who want to break through the nine to five and, and set free from a specific address. Um, and what, what I hear is typically limiting beliefs. They will say, oh, I cannot because A, B, C. And come COVID and show them, oh, yes, you can. Uh, you just, you didn't want to take action. And this is, in my opinion, the real problem. People are afraid of taking action. It's like, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, you you said you want to travel the 296 hundreds of world. People laugh at you because people think it's impossible, but it's possible. You just need to take action. And we have all these limiting beliefs and we are afraid of, it's very dangerous to live in Panama or in Peru or in Brazil because that's what you hear on the news. But if you shut down the news, if you turn it off, and you instead go on the right community on Facebook, you will find like-minded people who did this leap of faith, who take this extra step and found out like, oh, you know what? It's not even hard and it's so rewarding. For me, digital nomad lifestyle changed my life. If I was, before that, I was working in tech, I was making great money, but I was spending it all on status symbols, on expensive rent in Tel Aviv and San Francisco or in London. I said nothing at the end of the month. And then I started to travel the world, work remote, earn more money, set up the right residences, save even more money. And by the end of this year, I'll be financially independent. So I can't even explain how rewarding because people say, oh, travel is expensive. Yeah, I think that travel can be expensive. But I mean, when I started traveling, I had a backpack and I hitchhiked. I hitchhiked through Central America in 2003 for 18 months. I mean, I was spending 10 bucks a day. Like, what? Where, where does $10 get you if you're living in San Francisco or, you know, I'm from just outside of Toronto where I grew up? I mean, 10 bucks is going to get you nothing. Like, nothing, nothing, nothing. I mean, if you're willing to, you know, be purposeful, make sacrifices, make decisions based on following your dreams and what you really want, actually, money doesn't necessarily have to be a limiting factor. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. And I see all the time people who are like, oh, I don't know how to make money online. I don't know how to make money online. My tip is go to Upwork, create an account, and then whatever you do for a living, offer the exact same service on Upwork and charge 10 bucks an hour, 20 bucks an hour, 50 bucks an hour. Yeah, I mean, your cost of living is going to be so much less overseas that even if you take a 50% pay cut of what you normally make in your home city, like you said, Dean, there's there's no keeping up with the Joneses. You don't need to have a new vehicle. You don't have to have a brand new TV and, you know, a new hand. The women don't have to have a handbag and man, a nice new watch. I mean, I wouldn't want to be walking around with a brand new, you know, $20,000 watch in a lot of the places that I go to. That's going to be a, a hindrance, not a, not a benefit by any means. You said it right. And I want to emphasize on this point. Uh, all these people want to find an online job. Don't try to reinvent yourself. It's like, okay, I'll become a, an e-com shop manager or I'll learn a new skill. No, you don't. Uh, you don't need to do it. You don't need to reinvent yourself. Just reverse engineer what you do. You don't know how to be a teacher, online, online teacher. Look for the same profession, or like to hire the same service. You're a plumber, mm -hmm. hire an online plumber. You will find that someone is doing it over WhatsApp or Skype video, helping you to fix your uh, your pipes at home. See what others do. You don't need to copy, but put the, your own personal twist on it and start your online business. And you say, start start low and slow. Uh, yeah. Take, take well, the first I think step. that people get this idea in their head and, and I'd love to get your perspective on it, but they think like to be an online entrepreneur, they need to be the next Mark Zuckerberg or Larry Page or something like that. 
you guys don't need to do this. If you've already been to college, you already have a career, you've already, you know, been making money in a field, chances are you can actually put that online, whether that be coaching or consulting or remote work, like you actually do it for them. I have tons of people now who are doctors who have just taken their existing client list and are now doing remote consultations with their clients while they're overseas. Same with lawyers, same with accountants, same with most professions that are out there. I think there's very little that you actually still need to go into the office to do. Like, and you even said plumbers, like that's not something that would normally stick in someone's mind of something that you could do online. But now that you said that my gears are already turning, like you could do videos, you could teach people how to do it. You could, you know, have a, a retainer service or a membership site. So someone who needs expert opinion, you know, for higher level stuff. I mean, there's so many things you could probably do with something like that that wouldn't be first apparent. You know what I mean? Go on YouTube, uh, Google any profession, and you'll find uh, lock picking, uh, lock pickers. You'll find doctors that put some information in, in informative videos. They make so much more money on off YouTube than in their day to day job. Some of them make millions. I just read about this doctor that was just putting up his day-to-day -day life uh, as a doctor. And he's made $1.3 million last year off, off YouTube, right? So it's incredible. Next up, we have Marissa Medden from Beach Commute. She was a guest on episode 149, and I absolutely love the conversation with her. We got along so fantastic, and she shared so much great knowledge in this episode. So much so that I actually got her to prepare a special report, or I should say she offered to prepare a special report for my listeners. So it is 91 careers that you can get when going remote. This is an amazing resource. If you guys go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash 91 hyphen careers. Okay, here is Marissa Medden to speak about the four ways of becoming a digital nomad. I always tell people there's three different ways you can be a digital nomad in terms of making an income. You can be an entrepreneur, start your own business. You can be a freelancer or you can work for an existing company as an employee the way you would anywhere, but you just happen to be able to do that from anywhere in the world. And that's, I guess, the fourth way would be have passive, totally passive income and, and money and all of that. Um, but if you're working, those are the three ways. So I'd, I'd say the kind of lowest hanging fruit, uh, if you want to say that, is to help people figure out how do you get a remote job for existing company? Because as I just talked about, it can take years to, you know, for your own business to be uh, making enough money for you to really live off of. So the goal is to say, if, if you are listening to this and you have a dream of traveling the world, what is the quickest and fastest way that you can have an income to support you to do that? And that's by getting hired by an existing company. So for now, that's what we're focusing on. In the future, we'll probably build out how to be a freelancer, how to do the entrepreneurial thing, maybe investments, all, all sorts of things. And then really the coaching, because so much of it is a mindset to believe that you can. So the course is really a mixture of literally what jobs exist out there. What can you do? Which one is right for you? That's one of my gifts that I'd love to help people with. And then also to have that mindset of, of you can do it. And what are the things that are holding you back? Because for everybody, there's, there's never a right time. There's always obstacles. Okay, next up, we have Juliana Robbie from episode 142 detail some of the benefits of remote work. Let's talk about what some of the benefits are from remote work and, and some of the opportunities that people have by following this line of work and 
leaving the nine to five or the office environment? Because I do want to talk about all of the positive side opposed to just the practical side. Mm -hmm. Well, the benefits, they vary according to the person. So we tend to see like, yeah, you have more flexibility. You can travel, you can work from home. But it's like, maybe I don't want to travel. Or maybe I just want to work from home and have time for my family and for my kids. And that's okay. So I always start when I, when I have a new client, one of the first things I cover is like, why do you want to do that? Which are your goals, your short-term goals, your long-term goals? And um, how does it make sense for you? Like, what does the remote work represents for you? Because it can mean something completely different for you and something opposite even for me. And it's still fine because it's like, how does the remote work being having your own business or working as a remote employee for a company, being an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. How does it help you to live the lifestyle that you want to live? So we, I see it as a powerful way to just live the life you want to have. So it's funny because I talk about work all the time because I'm a career coach. I help people to land jobs. But at the end, I don't think that work is the most important thing in our life. It's a pillar that is extremely important. I love what I do. I put a lot of time, invest a lot of money in being good in what I do and all of that. But it's still like I want work to sustain the lifestyle I want to have. And this is this is why I help people land a remote job because I also want them to be able to say, you know what? I want to do a Friday off to go fishing, whatever. And it's like, okay, the lifestyle I have and the work I have supports that. So I think the benefit is like if you do it well, if you find a way to balance things, we saw it's not easy, but if you manage to do it, you can live the lifestyle that you want. You don't need to live your life around work. So you don't need to live in a city that you hate just because that's where the office is located. You don't need to, you know, don't socialize at all just because you have to be in the office even if there is nobody there i have a real case of a friend it's like during the pandemic we had to go to the office but we were not allowed to talk to each other so we were in the office doing skype calls zoom calls whatever with the person who was on the table like two meters from me so it's like it's crazy and i don't believe in this system that's a, that's a real case it's a real case yeah that happened with a friend in new york so i see working remotely as a tool for you to live your best life in the way you want to live. So it's it's a very personal answer, but I do believe it's possible to do that. Next up is Carrie DePhillips from episode 132. Carrie is an American expat living in the Netherlands, and Carrie and I are going to discuss the conscious decisions you need to make and the steps to go remote today instead of putting it off. You know, I never really understood it when people were like, yeah, when I retire, I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to do all these things you want. And like exactly what you said. I mean, we really have no idea how much time we have on planet Earth. Now, I like to think, like, I'm, a, I'm quite a healthy guy, and I like to exercise, and I eat right, and I take care of myself. And I like to think I'll live to be 120 years old or 130 years old. But literally, if I walked outside and got hit by a bus tomorrow... I know I probably wouldn't have a lot of thoughts because I'd be hit by a bus, but I mean, at least I've done the things that I wanted to do in my life. I didn't waste my time. I started traveling early and I knew I loved traveling and I dedicated so much of my time to it. Finding the things that actually matter to you and not putting them off 
and not thinking, oh, one day, one day, one day, I think is really important. It's something that everybody really needs to understand. And I don't know who said the quote, but it's one that I've lived by. And it's why put off to tomorrow what you can do today? And I mean, I always try to keep that in mind. Like, why, why push it off tomorrow? Just get it done today. Any type of work, any type of business, anything I wanted to do, anything I needed to experience or try or experiment with, or I mean, why put it off? Just take the opportunity right now today. Yeah, and it's it's a conscious decision. It's a series of conscious decisions that we all make all the time, some big, some small. But like, so if you want to become a digital nomad, maybe don't renew your lease. Maybe negotiate with your landlord. See if you can get month to month. If you want to become a digital nomad, maybe really rethink adopting that dog or cat. Big time. <laughs> or ferret. You know, like whatever you're thinking of adopting, maybe rethink that because, uh, you know, in a year or two, that's going to be a barrier. That's going to become an obstacle that then you're going to have to remove or get around in one way or another. And it's going to be a lot more work. So like you can make that conscious decision to not get that cat or to not renew that lease or to, you know, start applying for remote jobs today. Well, and I see it all the time. People continue to buy stuff and then they complain that they don't have enough money to do the traveling that they want to do. And it's like, well, I mean, you're always going to have to have some type of sacrifice. I mean, like, okay, yes, I want to have it all and I want everybody to have it all. And I, I believe in abundance. I mean, but there is going to be some type of a give and take and every single thing that you buy to put in your house is going to be another anchor that's going to keep you to that place. Now, if your ultimate goal is to travel the world and to explore and to be an expat or a digital nomad, probably don't want or need all of that stuff. And it turns out when you live overseas, a lot of that stuff is not important anyways. Nobody cares about it. I mean, we've been talking a lot lately on the show about keeping up with the Joneses. And I've really made the point that in most places in the world, it just doesn't exist like it does in North America. Well, and also, I hate to be like, so I saw a meme. You're, you're like, I remember this profound quote. And I'm like, well, I saw a meme in a Facebook group. <laughs> but uh, the meme <laughs> in the Facebook group, it, it said repeatedly, like, choose your heart. Staying married is hard. Getting divorced is hard. Choose your heart. And then there were a variety of other examples, you know, like being obese is hard. Being fit is hard. Choose your heart. Choose the heart. You know, like it's going to be hard no matter what. It's either going to be hard because you don't have the money because you bought too much shit, or it's going to be hard because you don't have the latest iPhone. But is it really that hard? Um, I'm big into minimalism, putting all of my stuff into the 10 by 10 storage shed really like reinforced that A, that that was even possible because at one point I owned over a hundred pairs of shoes. I was that lady. And then when I traveled the world on vacationing for two, I lived out for two years into just something that I could easily carry around. And I was so much happier. It's kind of great to know what you have and to really like the pieces that you have instead of, you know, having a bunch of stuff that you kind of feel lukewarm about. But when I went back to that 10 by 10 storage shed, because I uh, expatted out to uh, Amsterdam, and that's my home base now, 
I didn't even want most of the stuff that was in that, like I forgot about it. Like these things that I thought were so precious that I had to put them in storage. I couldn't get rid of it, couldn't possibly, right? Like at the end, I came back with uh, some dresses that were in storage and my art and like family photos and like some jewelry that my grandma gave me. Like that, that essentially was the life that I found out that I couldn't live without. And that all fit into like one large suitcase. Here's Nimra Din Kanchel to explain why you don't need to reinvent yourself to get started to become a digital nomad or work remote. Well, we, we are all equal people. We're capable of anything. It's just a matter of how much you really want it and passionate about something. But stay within your passions and what you're good at. Don't try to reinvent yourself. Don't pay $3,000 for uh, some course uh, on Amazon because you heard you can make a lot of money on Amazon. If you're not extremely passionate about it, it won't work. It won't work, but it also won't work long time. I also, if you do something you don't love, I can tell you being on, a, on the beach in Bali or having parties in Colombia while doing something you don't like, it, it's not better than being whether, wherever you live right now and doing something you love. Uh, we spend so much time uh, at work uh, we must do something we, we connect with. So reverse engineer, read what other people, go online communities like the Expert Money Show, um, my community, digitalnomads.world, it's the new community that I'm, I'm building for nomads around the world. That's the idea, exchange information, help each other to, to develop in, in their field. Go on LinkedIn, see what people in your field are, are doing. Maybe you know, how you can uh, twist your profession in a way that, you know, we talked about plumbing earlier. Let's stick to this. You don't have to be hands-on plumber. You can teach people how to be plumbers. I mean, you can create videos. You can give people advice remotely. Hey, I have this problem. Take a photo. Send me the photo. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you the list of what to buy, where to do it, how to do it. And you know what? If you can fix it, I will connect you with someone in your area to come to your place and, and fix your, your problem. And you'll take the cut. So... Anything and everything is possible. Ask your clients, would you want to work remote with me? Would it be easier for you if we don't need to meet? Offer discount because if you don't need office space, if you don't need to um, uh, drive anywhere, it saves a lot of money. And do it gradually, right? Um, it doesn't have to change everything overnight. Talk to one client, two clients, see if they're comfortable with it. And oftentimes I hear like, oh, I'm an accountant. I must go to the IRS office to hand over some documents. So I cannot travel the world. Okay, do everything you can and, and outsource this one task of going. Okay, so you might earn $500 less a month because you pay someone to do it for you, but outsource this one task that you cannot um, perform if you're abroad, right? Just think a little bit out, outside the, the box. And I believe that today, 70% of the jobs, 70% of, of the work is already done in front of the computer almost no matter what mm -hmm. you do. Uh, so just find out how you transform this extra 30% to either outsource or uh, do it in a, um, in a remote manner. Okay, we'll just take a quick break. Recently, my really good friend, Ollie Richards, has released a whole set of new language programs under his Uncovered series. These are the exact programs that I use to go from really crummy Spanish to fluent in less than two years. My whole family uses these programs. We've watched a lot of his videos and learned from him and his methods. This guy speaks 
eight languages. So really, when you're learning from him and his system and his organization, you can trust that the methods really do work. Listen, if you guys want to be an expat, if you want to be a digital nomad, if you want to travel the world, then I think it is really important to learn the local languages of the country that you're going to be in. Not only do you get a richer experience from doing so, but it also shows a lot of respect. And honestly, it's a lot of fun. So even if you have done programs in the past and, and think to yourself that you can't learn another language or you tried this in high school and it didn't work, I promise these programs that Ollie does are based on cutting-edge research and brand-new ways of doing this. So I really want you guys to take a look. All you have to do is go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash language, and you can check these courses out. They are well worth the money, and I fully endorse them. I hope you guys get a chance to check them out. expatmoneyshow.com forward slash language. Okay, let's jump back into the interview. Next is Juliana Robbie. Juliana discusses how she started spending time with people that understood her and her passion to travel. Okay, two initial things. So I started to using my holiday time to attend digital nomad events, all of them. So all my holidays in those two years, I was attending physically before COVID again, uh, attending digital nomad events because I wanted to be surrounded by people that was already living the reality I wanted to live. I want to learn from them. I want to be friends with them. I want to, you know, breathe the same air and talk about the same thing. So I was like, I need to pay for proximity. I need to be where they are. So I was physically going there and of course, connecting with them, following up, meeting later on. So that was a key thing in my personal and professional process. And the other thing was that I hired a life coach because I was like, this is too hard to do alone. I need help in the process. And it was extremely important. And another funny thing is that I was with the same life coach for three different moments. So at the very beginning, when I was like, I want to travel more, I don't know how to make it happen. And I still need the money. I want to keep working, all of that. So there was this initial moment, like, I don't know, three months. And I was like, okay, I have a plan. I'm going to start building up my own business, do some freelance gigs and all of that. And then I'm going to quit my job. Okay. So I was implementing the plan. And then months later, I hired her again. I was like, okay, I'm already with my freelancer gig. I'm already starting my business, but now I don't know how to quit my job, how to make this transition. Like the final, like quitting the job. And it was all about, you know, my mindset and all of that. And also practical stuff like creating the strategy, how to tell my company and all of that. So I was with the life coach for the second period at that time. And then I quit my job. And one week after I contacted her, I was like, I need you again because I'm overwhelmed with my free time. I don't know what to do with my agenda now, now that I don't have any. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> exactly. Like one week after she was like, already, I was like, yes, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do with my time. So having a professional helping me, especially one that knew my journey, already because then she knew where I was coming from. So she was with me in the whole, in the whole process. So <clears throat> hiring a, a life coach was also extremely important in this process. But again, people have different journeys. So it's not about, you know, you don't have to go to digital nomad events and you don't have to hire a life coach. You need to understand your needs and what is stopping you, where your fears are, and then ask for help for that because every person is different. Everyone has different needs, especially at the beginning of this life and career transition, right? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Well, I remember a saying that I heard, oh, geez, years and years and years ago, and it went 
something basically like this, that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most amount of time with. So by surrounding yourself and making friends with digital nomads, then what might originally seem like just a pie in the sky dream, you actually see on a very daily basis, actually it's a reality and it's a reality for all the people who are close to me in my life. So then when you actually make the change and do it yourself, seems to me it would just be very natural, very, very easy. Like I'm certainly very purposeful about the people who I spend time with in my life. I don't surround myself with friends who complain or whine or are victims. No, I try to surround myself with people who are go-getters and make things happen and understand how to build something and create. I mean, that's the type of people that I want to surround myself because that's the type of person that I want to be. So I totally understand that type of mentality with the conferences and making a new group of friends. Yeah, but it had to be very intentional. I had to decide to do that because when I was living in Barcelona, and as I said, from the outside, my life was perfect. This was the feedback that my friends were giving to me. When I start talking about this new lifestyle and travel more and, you know, having my business and all of that, people were not understanding me. So the friends I had, good friends, people that I loved, they were like, why are you doing that? Oh my goodness, you're so lucky already that you have, you know, the, the life you have. And oh, that's overcomplicated. So I was like, okay, there is something happening here. They're not understanding me. And it's not about being just with people that say yes to you. It's not about that. But in that moment, I needed support. I was still like a baby in this process of creating the new life I wanted to have. So I needed more than ever to be surrounded by people who would support me, who would understand my need of having a different life because all my friends were like, your life is perfect already. I was like, it's not, take it for you. Like for, for me, from inside, I'm not happy, but they were not understanding. So at some point I realized, you know what? It's a waste of time to try to convince or explain or justify. It's like, that's not how I want to spend my energy, explaining them why I want to quit my job and start something different to be able to travel. So I was like, that's not a good use of my time right now. And it's like, you know what? They they are happy with the life they have. Like, I don't need to convince them. It's not about convincing everyone, hey, let's go together and be remote. It's not about that. I, I had enough on my plate to, to make it real for me. So it was not about convincing other people. But then I was like, okay, I still need friends. <laughs> I still need to talk to people. I want to be surrounded by people who understand what I'm talking about because I went like so deeply into it. Remember, I had my full-time job and I was working on other things to create some source of income to be able to quit my job. So I was fully into work and then create a new reality and then working on my personal brand. So I was like, this is the moment to do that with other people who we will understand and support. So more than ever, I had to start saying no to some friends and to some plans that was not, it doesn't add at this moment of my life. So I was, I would say I was selfish at that time because I was putting my needs first and I I actually some friends I had they're not my friends anymore not nothing happened there was no discussion or whatever but it was just like we chose very different paths and they don't really like we don't have much topics in common because they are still in that life and they are happy and they still don't understand my choice and it's like it's okay so I have all 
other friends, other people I spend time with that, you know, support me. But especially at the beginning, I really needed an environment that was healthy for me, that would support my life transition, let's say like that, and help me to create the environment I wanted. So I was very intentional about who I'm spending my time with. Next, we have Marissa Medden. She is going to explain how she has helped others to overcome fears of life abroad using baby steps. Even taking a step further, I had a client in the U.S. who she was um, a little bit older and wanted to start traveling, but had a lot of different fears. And so I said, okay, can you look on Airbnb? She loved like the mountains. I was like, find a place like two hours from where you are and just go take a solo trip for the weekend. And then after that, she rented like a van and went for like four days. And so you can kind of with, with all of that, that's why as a coach, it's like, let's take where you are and see like, what's the next step and what's the next step and what's the next step. It doesn't have to be, you know, some people, the right next step is like burn all your stuff and jump off the cliff and fly. Um, but everybody's a little bit different. So that's why, you know, it really just depends who you are. And like you said, if you've been traveling since you were younger, you probably already had a lot of those baby steps built in that, you know, you, you took for granted that you, you know, you didn't even know. And so as you do it, you get more and more comfortable. And now you're like, you could put me anywhere in the world. I will find my way out. I will get my beer. I will get my thing. And that's, that's learned. Right. So it's, it's beautiful, but everybody starts in a different place and we all naturally have different fears. Like I was talking to one of my co-founders, we were talking, we're doing a podcast episode about just loneliness and fear and things like that. And I was talking about even in between places, if I'm leaving a group of friends, this is after like five years of traveling and I'm going to meet another friend like somewhere else. There's those moments where I'm alone in the airport where I'm like, what am I doing? I hate this. I should just go home. And he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, you don't feel that. And so everybody's, you know, I still have that. And then a second I get there, I'm like, thank God I'm here. Like I should never go home, but everybody's totally different is, is my point. Here's Nimrod Dean Kachel to talk to us about having the courage to be a digital nomad and how to him, it takes courage to live a normal life. I absolutely love this part of our conversation. Listen in. Coming from Israel, a lot of people tell me, like, how do you have the courage to, to, ter- to travel the world, to move to Bali or courage to, to do the, the, make the choices I made? And I tell them, how do you have the courage to stand in traffic every day for an hour or two, <laughs> struggle with the cost of living, pay mortgage for 20, 25 years, deal with the political situation, the, the conflict in the region? How do you have the courage to do this when you can literally take flight and in eight hours to completely change your life and, and live different lifestyle. Uh, so be, the courage to be in Plava now, I have the, the beach hundred feet from, for me, you know, drink coconuts, have massages, enjoying life, living cheaply and do whatever I want. Do you need courage for this? Like, <laughs> it sounds so easy. Like um, I didn't, I didn't have the courage to deal with the cost of living and paying rent or mortgage on my life. Please, like, if you listen to this, don't be afraid to, to, to take the first step. Fail a million times, uh, but fail fast. Don't wait to fail when, when you're 60 or, or 70. And if you have any dream, if you want to pursue anything, the best time to do it, the absolutely best time to do it is today, is right now. So turn off this podcast, don't listen anymore. And go pursue your dreams. Um, you know, like take, take, taking action is uh, so much more than taking in inspiration, in my, in my opinion. I I'm love trying it. to help with both. 
Okay, in this next clip, Marissa Medden and I discuss strategies for negotiating remote work with your current employer. Have a listen. I had literally someone the other day I was talking to, and they asked their their boss, they said they were going to go move overseas, and the boss refused. It was like, not, not that the, the job, like the job was fine. They were already doing remote work. They actually thought that there would be tax obligations if they were living in another country. I'm like... No, I mean, the money is being paid to your U.S. bank account. You are still employed by a U.S. company. If you are a digital nomad and you're traveling around the world, that company is not going to have to file a tax return in the countries that you're in. It just, that's not how it works. Yeah, and that's part of the education. And I'd love to have you on our podcast sometime to talk about all of this. We'll have to swap. But even within that, you know, a lot of people don't know that, right? If you're an employee and you're asking your employer to go remote and that's their fear, if you don't know the answer to that question, like you're kind of, you'd be like, oh, maybe I should can't travel. I guess you're right, right? Um, so even just having this education on topics like that of like, within the course, it's a lot of, it's pretty much every objection you might hear from your employer. Perfect, yeah. And how do you know, you know, become educated yourself enough to say, I, I totally understand your fear and your concern about that. Here's actually how this works, right? Here's the actual facts or here's, you know, I know you might be concerned that I'm not going to have Wi-Fi. Here's how I'm going to ensure A, B, and C ways that like, I will be more connected than you've ever, you know, than I ever even was here, right? So it's really talking about how do I, ask what those concerns are and then how do I, you know, very politely, and that's why I said delicate dance, come up with all the ways where it's fine. Because I don't know if you're surprised, so many employers do have that question. They really do think that like they can't, for tax reasons, let that employer go. So there's all sorts of reasons and that's all covered in the course. Well, I think that's really good because being prepared for this seems to me like a very good idea. Like, I mean, if you, especially on the first meeting with your boss and, and we're using this example of a job that you already have, but if you go into that and you're prepared and you know the answers, well, then getting to yes is going to be a lot easier. If you're like, let me get back to you about that, you know, that, that could cause some problems. And you, I don't know, maybe you would blow your chance to, to make this happen. I do really think that you kind of have that one shot. And there's lots of different ways to say, like, could we do a test for one month? Or could I work first, travel around my country and see how that goes and then, you know, go abroad? So there's lots of different ways, but it does, not that it's 100% like a one shot and done, but a lot of times it kind of is. And that's the same if you're asking your current employer or let's say, you know, I'm interviewing with you and you give me a job offer where it's, you know, listed as remote and you're like, Marissa, we love you. Here's the job it's remote, but they're thinking work, you know, from home and whatever city or state or country you're already in. And you say, you know, great. Okay. So I'm going to fly to Mexico next month. And they're like, excuse me. Right. So even with that, within the course, we teach like, as you're applying for new jobs and having these conversations and, you know, it even works for negotiating your salary and things like that. But at what point are you having those conversations? Because you don't want to do it too early where they're like, you know, wait, we haven't even given you the job yet. And you don't want to do it too late where they're like, wait, you already accepted this thing. Like now you're asking. So there's a really like opportune time. And, and we teach all of that inside the course of how do you really do it? But also in a way that feels like a win-win for everybody. So you're not just like, thanks for the job or, you know, this has been great. I'm heading across the world now, but like, how does that employer feel like it's a win for them too? And that's what we really teach. Next up, Carrie DePhillips discusses with us the sunk cost fallacy that holds many people back and how to take actionable steps towards becoming a digital nomad and working 
remote? Well, my favorite logical fallacy, and there are several, <laughs> but my personal favorite is the sunk cost fallacy. Oh man, I've just blown so much time on the sunk cost fallacy. Just like, well, I already, I already spent money on this. You know, now, like now I, it has to be near to me because, and dear to my heart, because I spent money on this and it's not just on purchases that the sunk, uh, sunk cost fallacy comes into play. Do you know what I mean? Like, did you go to law school, but you really hate being a lawyer? There are other things that you can do. Go become a legal copywriter or something, but like, don't sit in your misery because you believe that like you have to, for some reason whether it's because you spent too much time or money. Yeah, throwing good money after bad. I've seen that in business decisions all the time. You know, you put in a certain amount of money to work on a project, you know, maybe thousands of dollars and it's a bad idea. It was a bad idea at the beginning, but you didn't see it, but you continue to invest in it or continue to hire people to do the project. And it's like, you're just throwing good money after bad. Same thing with investments. I've seen people losing money. I've lost money in investments picking a company or picking an equity or something like this. And it's doing poorly, it's doing poorly, it's doing poorly. And you're holding on because you don't want to admit to yourself it was a bad decision. It's it's hard. The logical fallacies will really come and like snatch you at any moment. And so you have to stay vigilant about it. And like, it, it goes for employees too. Like sometimes you just gotta let employees go. It sucks. I used to stress puke before I would fire somebody, even like if they really had it coming, you know? But it was just like, uh, how did I, ultimately the fault lies with me because it was me who brought this person into the team. And so it was me who asked to remove them. But like admission of like, I really screwed up is one thing. And probably some of your listeners are thinking like of one or two things. They're like, yeah, the sunk cost fallacy really got me there or whatnot. Like understanding that you've made a mistake or you're sitting in the suck is half of the like solution. The other half is actually making the decision to do something about it and taking those actionable steps. And so many people know that they have a problem. So many people know that they need to stop spending so that they can save up to, you know, fuel their travel habit or any number of things. But like the behavior doesn't stop so the situation never changes. In our next clip, Marissa Medden and I discuss how to overcome barriers with getting employers to agree to remote work. This is an important one. Listen up. What have you noticed when you're working with your private clients? What are the objections? What are the things that keep coming up, these barriers that you need to help them with? Yeah. So when it comes specifically to kind of transitioning to the digital nomad life or getting jobs, a lot of it is, I guess, kind of limiting beliefs or thoughts that we tell ourselves that everyone else who does this is special and, and I'm not, or I don't have the skills to do that without even knowing what the skills are, right? Or I'm, I'm not capable or a big one with this when it comes to jobs in particular, a lot of people don't even know what they want. Like if you took travel out of the equation and we're like, what do you want to do in life? They're like, I don't even know. So how could they imagine, you know, finding that dream job to do remotely? And then on top of that, if I think back to myself and, and so many clients are the same, when I had this dream in mind, I knew nobody else personally who was living this life. And so I would follow people on Instagram. I don't, you know, I don't even know how I decided it was, it was possible, but 
I was like living in this online world, surrounding myself with people who were doing it because everyone in my life thought I was pretty crazy. And, you know, as you tell your, my, my family, they were nervous for me. They thought I was ruining my career. They thought, you know, they're scared also, and it's all out of love. Right. So as you, as you think about if, if you're someone listening and you're like, I would love to be able to travel the world full time, live in a different country every month. I'm getting goosebumps talking about this because I love it so much, but you know, everybody has different fears that come up or different obstacles that say, well, I'll just let, I, I'm just going to wait until my next promotion and then I'm going to do it. Right. And then you wait till your next promotion, or I'm just going to wait until my lease is up or my partner couldn't ever, ever travel, or I have a pet, which, you know, or I have a place, what am I going to do with my stuff? So there's no one size fits all. And so when I do one-on-one coaching, it's just really digging in to see like, what is it holding you back? And there's that phrase, there's never a right time. There's always going to be a friend's wedding coming up or, you know, someone's going to have a baby or, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so there's so many things with this. It's such a huge life change that there's so many easy things that can hold us back. And so it's really digging in to say like, what is that thing for you? And I'll say that it all feels very real, right? It's, I'm not going to be like, oh, it's, oh, you know, like health insurance is a big one. People are worried about they're going to get sick or go to hospital and, and be alone. So they're all very real things, right? You really do have friends getting married. You really do have a partner who won't travel or a home and stuff in that home. What do you do with? But if travel is important enough to you, and for me, I was like, there's, there is no other way. I'm going to figure this out. And that's what I help clients do as well. So when I talk about mindset, people like to blame it on just like, well, that's nice for you. Or like, if I only had the skills and, and that's really the easy part at the end of the day, it's really uncovering all that stuff underneath of the, I say the excuses that you make. And I say that with total love because they feel so big and so real. There you have it. Why go remote and how to get started. This is the best of 2021. I hope that you guys enjoyed this special episode. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast at expatmoneyshow.com and our daily newsletter, which is going very, very strong, if I do say so myself, at expatmoneyshow.com forward slash protection. I have a special gift there for you, a special PDF report that I prepared. And join the newsletter. There is so much stuff happening. There's new meetups. There's new discussions. We've got conferences planned. Just an absolute ton of things. So you do not want to miss out on that. I have all the time people who message me like, oh, you're here, you're here. You know, I would like to meet up. It's like, I was there weeks ago. I'm already gone. The best place to stay in touch with me, if you want to figure out where we're traveling, if you want to follow along, if you want to see all the deals and the new episodes and the new YouTube videos and everything, you have to be subscribed to the newsletter at expatmoneyshow.com forward slash protection. You're going to love it. I promise. Have a great rest of the year. Great Christmas. And I will talk to you next Wednesday in our episode on digital nomad mindset tips and challenges. You guys are going to love this one. Stay tuned. Talk to you soon. Bye. This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels. I have managed to secure exclusive rights to a block of villas in one of the hottest up-and-coming regions in my current home country, 
Panama. Join me Saturday, May 4th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for our special presentation called Investors Workshop, capitalizing on the globally recognized resort brand coming to Panama. We will discuss how the tourism landscape in this region will change rapidly upon the public announcement of this project and how I have secured the rights for my clients to capitalize on this opportunity before anyone else. Thanks to my connections in the region, I have negotiated pricing that front runs everyone else. Think early, early bird pricing. From gourmet restaurants to vibrant clubs, poolside activities, and even live bands, this resort is going to pump some serious life into the region. But this isn't what excites me or what should excite you either. The exciting part is that these world-class amenities and top brand will attract tens of thousands of tourists. Tourists who will fork over top dollar to stay at our investment properties. Register free at expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for this free real estate workshop. See you on May 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern time, go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinar.